0: building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the IHAMP revolution? Coach Freddie here. I'm in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania at the Mother Earth News Fair. Working together to create a sustainable life. This is part three. Hey, it's Coach Freddie here. I'm talking to Petra. How you doing?
1: Oh, I'm so good, Coach Freddie. It's so nice to be on the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us about your, your business. What's My the name of your babies? business?
1: My Babies. Yeah. Yes, uh, Fruition Seeds. As in, come to fruition. Fruition ah. Seeds.
0: Ah, Okay, great. And so tell us about how how'd you get into
2: this?
1: I grew up in my father's garden. Okay. And we always saved some seeds because we wanted to sow some seeds. And if you don't save any, you have none to sow. Yeah. And so that was a little thing that I took for granted when I was little that it took many years for me to be like, Wow. That was a really unique life experience of saving seeds and having this understanding of life cycles and kind of empowered to save and then to share seeds because if you grow one sunflower and save a few seeds, you probably have a few thousands and so you better have friends. So I worked for over a decade all around the country and around the world working for different seed farms and learning how to grow gorgeous organic seeds. And in 2012, I moved back to my hometown in the gorgeous upstate New York Finger Lakes. And now we grow seeds and have fruition seeds. So we share all of our organic, regionally adapted seeds with the world.
0: Oh, great. So tell me some of the seeds that you have here. I know you can.
1: Does a mother have a favorite little mm -hmm. baby? Yeah. I do love our evening color sunflower because it's like this beautiful autumnal palette of like oranges and reds and umbers and cinnamons. And so that is just, there's some purple ones. So that's really lovely. I'm also really proud of our dulcinea is a brand new carrot. That we've developed. That's an um, August Ambrosia is a super short okay. season watermelon.
0: Parrot, Did you say?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, totally. So we're both creating brand new heirlooms, yeah. and we're also, of course, stewarding heirlooms that are at, have been around for generations.
0: Yeah. So I, th- I think more more people have to be conscious of saving seeds and doing what you're doing because mm. uh, it's trying to be taken over by a lot of big companies that don't mean well.
1: Yeah, I don't, it's always the exact numbers are changing by the day, but easily 70% of the seeds, the agricultural seeds on the planet are owned by two companies and that's just terrifying. So there's never been such a dramatic loss of biodiversity in the last hundred years as a result too as all these huge tiny little seed companies are bought up by larger seed companies are bought up by larger but you know there are so many people getting back into seed and honestly companies like Monsanto who have earned such a bad reputation and deserve their bad reputation make it that much more obvious that we need decentralized more regenerative solutions. Yeah. And so it's really exciting. The darker it gets, the more light the light is in so many ways. So welcome to 2019. Yeah, <laughs> welcome yeah. to the 21st century. So
0: you're up in the Finger Lakes of uh, New York.
1: Yeah. yeah. You're always welcome on the farm. Well, Don't I, be shy. It, yeah. I, I, I'll
0: come up there and visit for sure. Yes. Yeah. So uh, do you grow nationally? You can't grow all of these up there. Yeah,
1: you're right. We grow about 70% of these seeds on our farm. Okay. And about 25% after that are still grown in the Northeast, just not on our farm. Okay. And then there's the balance. 5% of the seeds really are unrealistic to grow in the Northeast. For example, carrots, they cross with queen Anne's lace. They're the same genus species. So, And we are, our climate is... Pretty challenging to grow. You can grow carrot seed, but as far as growing large quantity that also is high quality, it's challenging. So I used to live in the Pacific Northwest, and we actually ship our carrots to friends there and have them grow out the seed for us, and then they send the seed back. But the vast majority, 70% of the seeds are grown on our 24 acres. Wow.
0: That's great.
1: Um, We're know. an unusual seed company. Most seed companies are just distributors. Like You walk into a grocery store and you know that grocery store doesn't have a farm down the road that yeah. they're just purveying, they're distributing yeah. this, these goods. And so seed companies, of course, historically, a century ago, they would grow them and they would sell them that diverged about a century, it really began to change and so now there's people who develop new varieties, are seed breeders, then there are people that grow the seeds and there are people that distribute the seeds and they're kind of three completely different, utterly separate worlds, which I know makes no sense and it actually doesn't make any sense except in a capitalist context yeah yeah and yeah. so we're in an unusual an unusual seed company let me get the ways <laughs> but we're developing new varieties we're growing so many seeds millions of seeds and we're sharing them directly with okay. people we love
0: did you have distributors yourself to, to you know that
1: we have some retailers, yeah. Retail so show. we have beautiful seed racks and various food co-ops, garden centers, mostly around the Northeast, because we okay. really focus on regional adaptation. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, we have. We're really grateful that people love our seeds enough to put them alongside their beautiful gardens and yeah, nurseries. Yeah food so stories there,
0: so there, these seeds will go just about any place would you say like in <laughs> Colorado and, yeah, yeah so the
1: ironic thing is we're really focusing on regional adaptation but we've sent them to all 50 states and dozens of countries around the world and they grow really well in lots of other places yeah. you know my, my father grew them for years in Kentucky I have other family in Florida that were growing them and all around the country and so what we're really focusing on with the northeast is of course flavor first and foremost because why else save okay. seeds, grow food, but then early maturity, and that's really relevant no matter what latitude you grow in, okay. and we're also focusing on disease resistance, so okay. you know, even though so powdery mildew is a really big deal for us in the northeast, it's a huge deal in yep. Tennessee, yep. so that's, that makes our seeds way more relevant than just in, quote, the northeast, which is where we focus on, okay. um, but yeah, great question. Yeah. Some varieties do better than others in different places, for yeah. sure.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, what, where do you see yourself expanding? <laughs>
1: The way that we really want to expand, to be totally honest, is kind of twofold. One is just in the education world, okay. where we've realized, you know, people have told us for years the biggest limiting factor in their gardens isn't the quality of the seed; it's knowing how to garden better. And so I do lots of webinars, online courses. Our Instagram and Facebook is full of great tips and great conversations of how to. So we have tons and tons of great. Our blog is extensive. So we have tons of awesome, both free and very minimally priced um, content so that people can become better gardeners. So that's an area that we're really excited about. I do lots of video tutorials on our website, our YouTube channel. We have hundreds of videos. Okay. Um, and then we love breeding new varieties, you know, in the same way that it's amazing that we can listen to the symphonies that Beethoven wrote. Well, can you imagine if we stopped writing new songs
0: and oh, yeah, stopped
1: writing new poems and books, we will have ceased to exist <laughs> as a culture. And so in the same way, all of the heirlooms that we know and love were a brand new variety one day. Can you imagine 200 years ago, no one heard of Brandywine tomato. But now we of course know and love and we can't imagine somewhere without it. So we're developing these heirlooms like our August Ambrosia watermelon that who's heard of it? A few thousand people at this point, but not very many. In 48 years, which is all it takes for an heirloom, an open-pollinated variety to magically become an heirloom, it's that 50-year mark. In 48 years, I suspect August Ambrosia, in my dearest hopes and dreams, will be a beloved heirloom that so many people will know and love and look to when they want to grow watermelons in short seasons. So, yeah, we're developing these heirlooms of tomorrow, if you will. And that's, you know, it's a really exciting time and we're not alone in doing this work. Oh Yeah,
0: that's for sure. One question I have for you. How exciting. Uh, Yes, uh, since you're into seeds, have you ever thought about uh, dipping into hemp,
1: (laughs) industrial hemp? (laughs) Well, you know, I haven't seriously considered it because it seems like the people into hemp are really into it and there's a lot at stake and they are just diving in and the investors are there the people that are already into it are there so i'm excited to yeah. let them hold that space and have those conversations and so yeah i'm excited to watch it for sure but i don't see at this point i don't see myself as like becoming a, a hemp breeder and yeah. you yeah. know developing those new strains okay. but i hope that you do and uh-huh. that so many other people do we need us all in the food system. Yeah. I mean,
0: you, you could wear hemp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You could
0: go house on of You
1: can do anything you want with hemp. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to eat it personally. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution. <laughs>
1: what a huge joy. <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, and I'm speaking with Tim Bombash. And uh, how you doing, Tim? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about your business. What's the business name?
2: Okay, so uh, I have uh, our, our primary business is Bombash and Early. It's a it's a botanical skincare company. Okay. Okay. But one of our verticals, and the reason that we're here today, is with uh, CBD Aid, which is a uh, secondary uh, company of ours. Okay. And what we do is uh, we compound raw uh, CBD oil into our products and uh, sell them. So we're not growers. Um, we're we're not uh, we're not processors. We don't do the extractions or anything to that effect. But what I do is I seek out the strains that I need uh, for what we're trying to accomplish. And in this case here, we're we're trying to accomplish pain relief with our topicals. Okay. okay. So uh, so I, I I've seeked out a certain strain. It's it comes from San Diego. We also have it uh, supercritically extracted in San Diego, and then it comes to us uh, in a cryo. Cryo package, um, uh, temperature controlled unit. Okay, Okay. it comes to us like that, and then we start our uh, compounding using that product into our. Okay, uh, we've had great success uh, with it so far. I mean, we've been doing it for four years. Okay, yeah, where are you located at? We're in McMurray, PA, which is uh, about twenty minutes south of Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. Awesome.
0: So how did you get into the business?
2: Uh, believe it or not, I started off, uh, I, I have a, a, a mild uh, chemistry and formulation background, but uh started off making soap in my garage uh, about five years ago. <laughs> and that's where the skincare company actually came from. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, cool. Kind of materialized from a farmer's market overnight. And, uh, yeah. and uh, we really put our head down and, and uh, put all of our put the entire uh, deck on the table and said, let's make it happen. So here go. we are. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Things have been good, so. Far. Yeah,
0: yeah, well that's great. So uh, you have a uh, partner in this here?
2: My wife actually, the best partner I can get. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's good. Uh, my, my wife is, uh, I'd say she's the brains behind the operation, but uh, 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 yeah. she. Where, I don't know where she went actually, she was just here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well that's great. Uh, so uh, how do you see, see yourself contributing to sustainable living well uh, we only do sustainable sourcing uh, and that's such a big deal for us the other the other big deal about hemp is we know how good hemp is for the soil right yeah uh, so it just it is nice that I see all these farmers switching some of their crop, which wasn't as profitable over to this, and it's all, in turn also helping the soil so they're exactly. getting better alternative crops in between as well yeah. so uh you know i mean I, I mean between between the hemp and I do source raw ingredient from nineteen different countries, okay. so believe me when I tell you that's a full time job I have uh, okay. Uh, I we we do uh, I, I deal with translators and I deal with uh, people directly in order to get a lot of my materials. So uh, all right. uh, well, yeah, I mean it's it, it's fun, but uh, but also uh, aside from sustainability, we don't use palm oil in any of our products. Okay, uh, we that we are 100% palm oil free. Everything is only plant and mineral based, and we want we use minimal ingredients. Uh, we say minimal ingredients for maximum effectiveness. That's kind of like a, a, a little slogan of ours. Okay. But also, um, uh, our skincare, for example, and which which is what carries over here into the CBD line, is uh, considered an anhydrous product, meaning water free. So we don't use preservatives or man-made chemicals, and we have a shelf-stable product for some uh, for at least two years in many cases. But the beautiful thing is it's so concentrated that not only do you not have to buy as much, we don't have to use as much packaging. And, uh, and and it's easy on your wallet because uh, one of these little guys here will last months as opposed to a uh, uh, a Hydris or, or water based product. So I, I feel like that's a uh, that's a a, a, a a sneaky but good step into sustainability in in my uh, in my field. So well, great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to meet you here. Oh, it's awesome to meet you. I'm, I'm glad to run into you, coach.
0: Okay, so yeah, yeah. Any last words you want to tell our audience?
2: Uh, Just keep an eye out on what what, what type of CBD, whenever you're you're making that purchase. Kind of ask and see what kind of strain it comes from. Do your research on that because that's a big deal. I I tell people uh, we're in the pain game, but there's other people that are in the anxiety uh, side. There's other people that are in the seizure, anti-seizure side. Uh, And all these different uh, strains have different... uh, abilities and attributes. It's good to seek that out as to what what you're looking for and who's manufacturing with that that strain of hemp that you're interested in. So, uh, something that I think is missing from the from the current state of affairs with the with the uh, CVD. All right. We use, so. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Always.
0: I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on Facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host.